Welcome to Talk the Line. I'm Jen Long. We upload a new episode of this podcast every Friday and we are not taking a break for Christmas. Mostly because we recorded so many podcasts at Iceland Airwaves, we've got a festive backlog. Each week we bring you a conversation with a musician on one topic. In the past we've talked about Henry VIII, space and last week Ray Morris and I chatted about Christmas. You can follow us on Twitter at Talk the Line. You can follow me at Jen Long. Please give us a shout, say hi, say Merry Christmas. We love hearing from you. And if you are feeling super generous in the festive season, please subscribe to this podcast. Hilmar Thun Hilmarsson's career as a professional musician dates back to the early 70s. He's worked with the likes of Björk, Current 93 and Psychic TV. As a composer, he's worked on more than 25 films, including the award-winning score for the Oscar-nominated Children of Nature. He's a long-time collaborator and friend of Sigur Ross, and this year he designed a rune for their inaugural arts designed a rune for their inaugural arts festival Norther Ognithur, which takes place on the shortest, darkest days of Iceland's winter later this month. The festival's name translates as you may go north and down, which means telling someone or something to go to hell. Hilmar is also the Alsherjagorthi, the high priest of the Asatarufa Legioth, Sorry about the pronunciation. Iceland's pagan religious church, which he joined at the age of 16, shortly after it was founded. It's a religion of respect and tolerance that reflects the Icelandic society and its values. And we met him in Reykjavik during this year's Iceland Airwaves Festival to find out more about paganism. Um, so I don't know whether you want. I don't. I don't know. I know very little about paganism. Okay, so I'll just ask away. I'll, I'll okay. Try to like convincingly. So. Hey. I'll try try to like convincingly. Okay. <laughs> um, so, firstly, what is paganism? Is it a term for anything outside of Christianity? And it's basically become a, a, an umbrella term for that, but but it's, it's basically uh, from the Latin root paganus, which means of the country. So it's basically uh, people in the countryside which had. Sort of beliefs and polytheistic beliefs, so it's it's uh, pretty much something like heathen, or the people of the heath, and things like that. So it, it usually implies that uh, it's a polytheistic belief that predates Christianity, mm. and as, as practiced by people in, in the countryside, and uh, so that has lingered on, and, and so it, it's not as derogatory as it used to be. Mm. But but it, it was mainly seen as a as a, as a sort of so something bad, yeah. Yeah, when in in sort of modern English, the term heathen is kind of used in a derogatory fashion to mm-hmm. describe someone who's maybe uh, ill-mannered or you know ill-educated, yes. someone who's yeah, I guess as you say, mm, yes. um, it's from from the the provinces. Yeah. I think I read somewhere. Yes. Um, but that, 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 but that kind of is actually sort of the truth of the word heathen. Yes, I mean, it's people of the heath. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and so, so it, it sort of became derogatory and uh, it meant someone who was uncouth and sort of country bumpkin, basically. Right. So, <laughs> which is not that bad in Iceland because we have all these romantic ideas about the countryside and people who live out in the country. So. Yeah. So probably the, the negative meanings have never reached us right. here. And what percentage of the population here is pagan? Uh, it depends. I mean, uh, if you look in 
purely statistical terms, I mean, there's a one and a half percent who belong to the Heathen Society, which is the largest non-Christian denomination in Iceland. But if you would go uh, by polls that have been done by the university, uh, around 40% of people say that their outlook is heathen. So really? it's, it's huge. Wow. So and how long have you been head of the church? Uh, for 14 years now. Wow, 14. Yes. How do you get into it? Were you always, did you always believe in something outside Christianity? Yes, I, I sort of knew by the age of 11, 12 that I was not really, uh, me and Christianity were not really made for each other. And and uh, when I was uh, 14, uh, the Icelandic Pagan Society was established and it got a legal recognition by the uh, <coughs> authorities uh, one year later and on my 16th birthday when I could legally sign myself out of the church and into the society I did that. So it was my first really sort of big outlook decision uh, to, to join the Pagan Society and I haven't really looked back since. Wow. Mm. And what do you believe in then? Because do people in the Pagan Society, do heathens have different beliefs? Do you believe in other types of gods? Do you believe in like the Norse gods? Is it just a sort of, I don't know, is, does atheism count as paganism? For some people it does, uh, because people would, uh, in the old times, I mean, the, you had people who would believe in their own might and name, as it uh, is called in, in the sagas, which means that they uh, basically uh, uh, trust themselves and and it, it's both a, a polytheistic uh, belief with lo lots of stories, uh, wonderful mythology, uh, wonderful cosmology, and it's also a set of ethical beliefs, uh, which is in a way close to that of, say, Confucius in, in, in China and uh, Marcus Aurelius in Rome. So it's how to be a decent person, how to interact with others. And so that doesn't really have sort of serious religious implications, but, but it means that you, you conduct your life in an honourable fashion. Wow. Mm. OK, that, sound, that sounds like something I could get on board with. Yeah, I think most people could, yes. Yeah. Mm. I suppose, because when you think of pa paganism, my head, as soon as people mentioned it before, it just went straight. Do you remember that movie, The Craft? Yes. It just makes me think of Nev Campbell. OK. But is that part of paganism? Is it because it was Wicca and it was a big thing when I was fourteen when the craft came out? Everyone yes. wanted to do that stiff as a feather, light as a board. Stiff yes, as yes. Oh no, stiff as a board, light as a feather. Yes, <laughs> yes. Okay, no, no, because uh, I mean the, the, the Wiccan movement is something that started basically in, in the early fifties in England. I mean, there's a uh, this wonderful eccentric Gerald B. Gardner who, who founded stuff, uh, witchcraft and sort of popularised it and a lot of people sort of got, got drawn to it because it was a wonderful mishmash of, 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 sort of folk tales and, and sort of lore from different places which were put together into what became a sort of coherent system and that could, could make sense for people. And also, I mean, it's, it's, these things have been happening since the late 19th century. I mean, you had all these magical societies in England and the rest of Europe where people were sort of trying to bring back the old gods uh, with varying degrees of success. But, but uh, I, I think this polytheistic worldview has been uh, 
slowly creeping back for the last 150 years or so. So what's the definition of polytheistic? Uh, many gods, or all goddesses, yes. Right. Whereas, I mean, it, it's basically set, set up as a counterpoint to uh, other monotheistic religions, which are Judaism, Christianity and Islam, mm. where you have one god, you have a, a very strict set of commandments, I mean, what you're allowed to do and what you're not allowed to do. And uh, it's basically, uh, the difference is that the monotheistic religions are what we see as revealed religions. I mean, they have a central truth, which is unchanging and firm, whereas uh, the polytheistic belief is much more flexible. I mean, it's, it's, it's sort of, I mean, it, 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 you are adapted to your personality, to your interests, and you can have sort of different uh, so focal points. I mean, when you're at different points in your life, I mean, you have different outlook, have a different outlook when you're 16, and certainly it changes by when you're in your 20s and 30s. So, so uh, it is very accommodating and <laughs> very <coughs> flexible. <laughs> and Iceland itself used to, uh, the, the, you guys used to believe in Norse gods way, way yes, back yes. when, and then we were being yes. told by another person that you had to decide whether or not to switch to Christianity. Yes, because uh, I mean, when Iceland was settled uh, in the 9th century, uh, <coughs> the first settlers were pagan. Uh, there were a few Christians among, among them, but, but basically the second generation uh, became heathen and Iceland was basically ruled by by a heathen set of beliefs, beliefs and ethics uh, in, in the, the parliament or the central authority uh, called Althingi. So I mean the whole structure of Icelandic society was very pagan. But then in the year 999 or 1000 people haven't really settled on the date, uh, we had sort of the European Union of the time which was Christianity. Uh, which would not trade with with pagans, so we had to make a decision. I mean, do you want to stay out outside of uh, the, the union, or should we join? So we made sort of a, a reluctant agreement that we could nominally be Christian, but we would still be allowed to worship in in, in secret. And sort of the old beliefs went into the background and became literature. And uh, so in a way, I mean, we became sort of pagan or heathen in our literature. And the old religious poetry was preserved in Iceland. Uh, about 98% of what we know about the old Norse mythology was preserved in Iceland. So it became very much part of our national ca character. What do you? What What's your set of beliefs? Do you believe in different types of gods? Do you believe in the the way that one should lead their life? What's your personal set of beliefs? Uh, it varies. I mean, uh, I I do have uh, different beliefs to to what I had maybe twenty thirty years ago. Uh, mm. I sort of uh, believe in, in a very magical worldview because it's much more fun. It's much more poetic. And uh, I tend to see a lot of the, the, the myths as, as being metaphors instead of, uh, of big truths. 
So okay. it, it sort of, I mean, uh, but uh, I would certainly see myself as a very religious person, but but, uh, but not maybe in the sense that you would see people as uh, as deeply religious in, in say the Christian sense. Right. Okay. Mm. And what are some of those myths that you were talking about? Can you tell me some of the stories that you see as metaphors? My, my, my limit, my understanding is quite low right now. <laughs> no, so we have a primal cow called Oethimla, which, uh, is, and, uh, which is, is sort of the mother of, 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 of all beings in the sense that, that, that she nourishes uh, the primal beings, and I sort of don't think that there was something like a big cow that sort of fed all creation back in the early days. And, and uh, I think that the giants in the mythology are uh, sort of symbolized the, the chaotic forces. Which giants? Uh, well, there's a, 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 sort of a primal being called Ymir, uh, which is actually related to. Uh, this primal being called Yama in Hinduism and Yima in, in old Persian belief, so we can tra trace some of the pagan beliefs back to, uh, say, India, and they've traveled through Persia up north. So we're not talking like Norse gods right now, we're talking about these gods that sort of transcend continents. Yes, because uh, religion has, has been traveling through the world, and, and we have a uh, a lot of similar concepts in, in the Icelandic texts as we have in, say, in the Sanskrit texts of India, because uh, these are all related languages. Uh, we, we, I mean, we are part of, of, of the Indo-European language family. Uh, and so Indo-European language family. Yes. Uh, so Sanskrit, Old Persian, Icelandic, uh, German. English are actually related, oh, wow. so you can find the, you can trace the same concepts uh, through uh, the millennia. What was that? Uh, through the millennia, basically. I mean, you have a god called Indra in in in, in Hinduism, uh, and his name is the same as as the god Thor or Thunor, and they're both dragon slayers, and they have very similar functions. So you can see the same gods as they've been sort of traveling throughout the world. Is there a number of gods, or are they kind of like numberless? Do you keep no, kind of finding new ones in different texts and different mm, religions? No, I, I think we have a, a limited set of gods okay. I mean, in our text, uh, but, uh, which is different from Hinduism, because there are more gods in Hinduism than there are Hindus, but we have to do with <laughs> quite, quite. <laughs> so it's does Hinduism count as a pagan religion? Yes, it, it does, yes, by definition. Oh, wow, because it has more than one god and one central set of beliefs? Yes. Ah, okay. What, are there, are there any, any others? Would Buddhism fall under a paganism religion as well? well? Buddhism is, is basically a, a reformation movement within Hinduism, so it, right. by definition it, it should... It is, yeah. Yes. So is it just Islam... Christianity and Judaism. Yes. They're the three sort of main one God, mm. one central message, one set of rules, religions. Yes, yes. And everything else comes under the banner of your church. Well, 
let's say, I mean, this umbrella term. Yeah. Oh, sorry, the umbrella, yeah. yeah. So do you, if there were some Hindus living mm. in Iceland, would they fall on, would you be their kind of like, I don't know, what's, what's, what is your technical term? Because you have like a reverend in Christianity, like a, is it an imam in Islam? In, in Islam, yes, yes. And the, the rabbi in, rabbi in, 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 in Judaism. Yes. What's your, what's your categorical um, term? Our term is, is Icelandic, it's Gordi, uh, which is a name only found in Iceland. And it, uh, it may have been preserved in a, on a rune stone in Denmark, but it's probably not the same word. So it, it seems to be a very Icelandic term. So that, that is what we use here. And your church is called Ah. It begins with an uh, A, doesn't it? Yes, uh, we call the society Ausatruar Fjallaith. Uh, which is basically not uh, a very good term uh, and it's fairly new. It was coined in the beginning of the 19th century by a, a Danish pastor and sort of meant to be believe in, meant the belief of, uh, in the, the Aesir, which are the, uh, one family of gods, but there are more families of gods. We also have the Vanir. We also have a lot of uh, beings um, like the whites, uh, the spirits of the land, and which are stuff I mean, come, have come down to us as the elves and the hidden people, uh, which a lot of people in Iceland stuff believe in, in a very uh, stuff unordered fashion. I mean, we, we, we tend to think that we are not alone here on this land and that there are beings among us that we should be nice to. <laughs> I have heard, I've heard of the hidden people and the trolls, but to me they sound more like a, like a fairy tale or an urban <coughs> myth than something that would be considered part of a, a kind of official religion. Does that make sense? No, 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 I mean they're probably remains of the old gods that uh, sort of became uh, the elves because uh, elf uh, in, in the pagan time would, would sometimes mean uh, your ancestors. So it, it, the uh, elf worship was probably uh, close to ancestor worship. And it, it sort of got transformed with Christianity. Right, okay. Mm. And you were saying there's different, how many families of gods do you actually have in Iceland? Uh, it's mainly two families of gods. Yes. Two families. Yeah, so it, it's basically uh, the incoming gods, which we can trace uh, to, to uh, Similar, similar gods in, in, in India and Persia, and then we have uh, the gods that were worshipped by the indigenous people up in the north, which were f fertility deities and had to do with the soil and the land, and which we call the Vanir in, in Icelandic. Right. And do they have like you know how in um Christianity have like these pretty easy stories to follow of like mm. Noah's Ark and the Good mm. Samaritan mm -hmm. and Christmas. Mm -hmm. like, do you have like similar, do these families have similar stories that are kind of easy to follow? You were saying earlier about the myths. Yes, I mean, they, have, they do have their attributes. I mean, we have the goddess Freya who is uh, a part of the Vanir family. Uh, she's uh, the goddess of love and fertility and her brother Freyr uh, is also a fertility god. Uh, the father in Jordan is, is a god of, of riches and plenty, uh, seafaring and, and things like that. 
Then we have uh, the other fam uh, the, uh, the other families of gods. We have the god Odin, who is the god of magic and wisdom, and also a, a god of war. And uh, then we have Thor, which is the, the protector of, of mankind and sort of uh, the people's gods. I mean, uh, it's pretty easy to see from archaeological evidence that Thor was the, the most worshipped god in, in the north because he was the most popular. Yeah. And he would uh, be the ones that, that uh, the ordinary people uh, would, would trust, place trust in. Do you find it funny how popular Thor is in, like, Western culture now as a superhero? No. I mean, uh, uh, we sort of need superheroes. <laughs> We've always had the need for them. So it's, it's an archetype that is easily uh, adaptable and, uh, and people can actually align themselves with that archetype. Mm. And did, did, are there any, is there like a kind of favourite story that you have? I'm just trying to, just, yeah, something you were saying earlier about how these mythologies are metaphors for how you should live your life. Mm. I just wonder whether you could share one that was a kind of like a, like a really interesting good story that people could take away. Uh, there are so many stories and and, and, uh, and sort of you uh, tell different stories according to uh, the different seasons and there's one story uh, which is sort of the the winter type of, of story it's a uh, it, it's about uh, sort of becomes a metaphor for uh, the Christmas or, or the Yule season Yule as we call it in Icelandic and it's about uh, uh, the, the the birth of, of light, uh, which is sometimes talked about, I mean, it, it's about uh, uh, how how the god uh, sort of, uh, no, it, it's it's such a long story. <laughs> It'll no. be, be, be pointless. <laughs> well, just, well, at least tell us a short story then. Mm. <laughs> I need one story to understand how it all kind of interplays to each other, how everything pans out. Okay. Is there one that kids get told? Is that if, if I was like a seven-year-old <laughs> coming to your church for the first time? Oh, there's a lot of stories which have been used as, as stories for kids. And, um, and there's a, uh, a story when, when Thor enters uh, sort of a, a, the abode of, 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 of a really weird giant called Utgarda Loki and uh, he, he is made to do some some th uh, uh, has to go, go through some tests and he has to uh, lift a cat which he barely can and and, and he has to uh, uh, empty a, a drinking horn which he can barely do and he has to wrestle with his old old woman uh, and she is she nearly finishes finishes him off and this is a giant yeah and and 
and this, uh, so and then he found out that the cat he was lifting was the uh, worm of Midgard, which is this large sent serpent that encircles the world, uh, which is so heavy that it's uh, unbelievable that Thor could even manage to lift him, and that the horn he was drinking of was actually the ocean, and that the old woman he was wrestling was actually old age, which is a, is a heavy opponent for every person. So it's it's in a way uh, a story telling you everything is not what it seems, and also about the heroic fight against <laughs> the chaotic forces. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good story. Mm. Do you have like um, you were saying about the birth of light being mm. your sort of Yule kind of uh, story? Do you have things like um, like different celebrations throughout the calendar? Do you have yes. Well, I mean, our, our Jule or Jol is, is basically um, the Icelandic word for Jol or Christ, uh, is, is used for Christmas, but it's a pagan, pagan term, and one of the names of, of the god Odin is Jolnir, mm. so he is in a way uh, the original Santa Claus, and uh, so uh, we have a celebration on the, the winter solstice, we have a celebration around the uh, summer solstice, but we use the old almanac, so it's usually the end of June, and then we celebrate the first day of summer, which is in the end of, of April, and the first day of winter, which is in the end of October. And because of our northerly latitude, I mean, we don't sort of celebrate the equinoxes mm. around the 21st of March and the 21st of September, uh, because we don't have any Spring, <laughs> in, in March, spring? in Mar oh, no, Martin, yeah. yeah, stuff like that. Icelandic weather is weird. <laughs> it's very cold and windy yes, today. Yes, yes, Yeah. And what's, do you have like a, a church? Is, do you have like church services? No, no, we're building a temple now. Okay. Yeah, it's quite close to the centre of Reykjavik. So it's, a, we're still halfway there. And uh, we'll open the temple, which is the, the first big temple uh, or, or what we call main temple, Hörvidhorf. Uh, so it's the, in a way the first temple of, of such a size uh, in over a thousand years. So we'll open that next year. But uh, as it is, we, we, most of our ceremonies are done outside. All right. And uh, we will also have a nice outside area what do you in do front when of the temple. Freezing in winter. Well, we just dress it off. <laughs> That's the only only way you can cope. Yeah. And how's the temple being funded? Is this is this like a an, an official religion that you're given government public money for? Yes, we get get a, a, a tax allotment with every member we have. So we've been been uh, saving up for the last few decades. Wow. And uh, so uh, and because uh, that that we are stuff. Have become so uh, such such a big society in in, in in the Icelandic context. I mean, we sort of saw some years years back that we could really afford to build this yeah. temple, and it's a wonderful construct. It, it's a very modern temple. We're not really building a, anything like uh, uh, Rohan from Lord of the Rings or or, or any, any Game of Thrones type of stuff. So, <laughs> so it's a it's a Modern, modern building, 
Do people think? Do people come to you thinking that paganism is going to be like Game of Thrones? Yes. No. There's a lot of people do that. Yes. Really? Yes. I read something somewhere that you had had to make an announcement that visitors didn't represent your views. Does that mm. is that outside pagans coming to Iceland, or is that the Game of Thrones influence? Uh, it's it's probably more. I mean, uh, I don't mind the, the Game of Thrones <laughs> influence, <laughs> <laughs> or even the Marvel comics, but but uh, a lot of people have been sort of hijacking this belief and tying them together with right-wing extreme politics, which I think is totally distasteful and not any, anything that we are about. I mean, we, we, we try to stay totally clear of politics of any sorts as we are, are a religious society. And uh, we, our set of beliefs are about uh, being a moral person, uh, being open and, and and the welcoming, and so uh, it's uh, tolerance for other people's beliefs is, is, is central to, to what we ho hold dearest and most holy. So uh, we, we can't tie ourselves with uh, any people like that. Because I mean, I saw. I suppose a lot of people will, when there are like big questions coming up in in their political aspect of their lives, do mm. turn to religion sometimes for the correct answer. Mm. I was reading that you guys have been um, quite supportive of gay marriage in Iceland. Iceland yes. obviously one of the most progressive countries in the world for yes. um, LGBT equality. And then, but you were in the past, you were quite anti-abortion, which is no, that's that's basically a Wikipedia uh, thing. Is that a Wikipedia lie? Yeah, it's, it's basically, a, let's say, a, a, a mistruth. Because right. one mem member of the society, he wrote one article back in the 1970s. Mm. And somehow uh, that has been dug up and it has been made uh, as something that, that was central to the society, which it never was. So uh, I think we've always been very open and, and, and sort of unbigoted. Yeah. And uh, uh, so, so that was never any, any of any religious significance. And also the, f the fact that we were the ones who, who, who opened uh, for uh, same-sex marriages in Iceland, along with the Lutheran Free Church, uh, we were the ones who sort of fought, fought for those rights. And we're quite lucky enough to have uh, the right people in, in Parliament to listen to us, because mm. I, uh, I'm, there's no theological dogma uh, that bans me from doing same-sex same, same sex ceremonies. Yeah. And, uh, of course. And so, so I, I, did, I thought it was ridiculous that I had to wait in line stuff, uh, behind the state Lutheran church for them to sort of make up their mind first about whether they, they could do it. And so, because I... I'm not bothered by any uh, sort of sentence in Leviticus in the Old Testament or, or an epistle by St. Paul in the New Testament. I mean, that's it's basically their problem, not yeah. mine. So, so yeah, it must be quite annoying when people think that you have these, these political beliefs just because one person mm. wrote something yes. 50 years ago. Absolutely. Yeah, sorry about that. No, that's okay. <laughs> that's what happens when you do yeah. your research on Wikipedia. Yeah, so, you know, but, but it, it's, it's I, I think people are sort of more or less 
uh, getting the picture of what we are about, and, and which means that uh, we tend to receive a lot of, of hate mail from some, some, some just disturbed and, and stupid individuals. Really? Yeah, hate mail? Yeah, but we get a lot of support mail, actually, yeah. much more. Uh, so so that, that is good. That seems mad to me that people would hate mail or religion, but I suppose they are not actually in the context of modern day. I can not entirely see how that would happen. That's how religion trans transforms certain types of people. Mm. Uh, and if, if people were listening and they were thinking, actually, this sounds more in tune with my like internal sort of beliefs, like how, how does one move into no knowing more and researching more about polytheism yes. and um, paganism. There's a number of, 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 of good books uh, in English and uh, actually there's a huge number of really bad books in English but I, I think <laughs> people should just do some diligent research and uh, and uh, thankfully I mean the internet can, can be also be a, a good source of, of information. Yeah and when people come to your church your temple mm. and they they say they want to get involved what what's the process what do you do is there I mean, I suppose in well, but basically, I mean, we are a religious society uh, under Icelandic law. That means that uh, we we cannot accept members from the outside. You have to be resident in Iceland uh, to be able to be a member. So, uh, in a way, and, and we don't proselytize. We don't do outreach. Uh, people just come to us if they want to. So. So, uh, but of course, we, we've always been very welcoming. Uh, we have an open house every Saturday in Reykjavik where people come from all over the world, basically, and sit down uh, and have coffee and cakes and talk about mythology and... You have coffee and cake? Yes, yes. Oh, that's, that sounds really nice. It is. It, yeah. it really is. <laughs> So what's your like base at the moment? Is it a house or is it a...? Uh, it's a sort of large office uh, okay. with a sort of meeting hall. So that is where we've been, been sort of for the last uh, 10 years. And, and all, all of that will be moved inside the temple next year. And then how, what do you do at a ceremony and how often do you have them? Uh, we do sort of four cardinal ceremonies in the year and then we have two big ceremonies as well. One of which is on the first of December, and then one which is in the end of January, and then of course every name-giving ceremony, every marriage, every coming-of-age ceremony yeah. is also a sp special. Every sort of bur burial uh, is also a sp so. We do, I mean, all in all, hundreds of ceremonies each year, yeah. because it's very popular uh, to get married yeah. within our religion. How does a pagan marriage work? What do people, what's the process? What's the, do you walk down an aisle? Do you? No, uh, we don't have any aisles. So, um, <laughs> I don't know anything about this, do you? No, to, you it, it, it's, a, it's a relatively simple idea because uh, uh, the couple are in effect marrying themselves. So it's the, the function of the priest or the priestess uh, to uh, sanctify the time and place and the gathering, so that the oaths that uh, the couple exchange are done in a, in a sacred space. So they ha do have a, a, a deeper meaning than than, uh, than something which is done on the spur of the moment. Mm. 
Mm -hmm. What's the sacred space? Is that like your your offices, or is it somewhere that means something uh, to them? Yeah, well, most of it, it's somewhere outside, uh, a beautiful place in nature. Bless me. Sorry. Yes, Thank you. <laughs> that's not a religious term, so that's good. <laughs> oh, I suppose bless me, bless me is, yes, is a religious term, isn't yeah, it? Well, yeah, well, yeah. Oh. Sorry, you were saying it's uh, usually an outside space. Yes, so p people uh, tend to pick a, pick a spot which is beautiful or has some uh, meaning for them. So it can be uh, in, 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 in a, in a Surrounded by trees, or in a, in a beautiful place like Thingvellir, which is uh, sort of the heart of Iceland. There's a lot of ceremonies that used to take place there, but it's becoming increasingly difficult because of all the tourists. Oh, yeah. so, so now, I mean, it's, uh, we're trying to find beautiful little spots that are not frequented by tourists. <laughs> I mean, even just doing this this podcast right now, there's so many wheelie suitcases clacking around in the background. And is paganism part, has that kind of clocked onto the tourist radar yet? I think ev nearly everyone we've spoken to here has talked mm. about the tourism and how yes. how much it's swelling and kind of taking over the Yes, it, it sort of has become uh, something that people talk about and even advertise. Uh, so, mm. so we've in become increasingly aware that some uh, tourists companies are sort of using this as a, a, as a sort of a attraction or something that they, they see as, the, as a part of their campaigns. So, uh, Do they come to your offices then? Yes, so yeah, so uh, I think uh, I, I, we're probably taking, getting second place to the elves, first elves and then pagans. <laughs> <laughs> so, Wow. Which, which is sort of okay. And are you are you welcoming when when tourists turn up? Do you offer them cake? No, no, Would you save no, that of, for? Of, of course, yes, oh. yes, yes. No, we've always been welcoming. I mean, it's, yes. I mean that, that is how, how the elves got shared in the first place because uh, Tolkien was a member of the Icelandic uh, Literary Society and and uh, he, most of his sources for Lord of the Rings were, were actually uh, tales from Iceland. Uh, Tolkien had uh, uh, an Icelandic au pair in the house who would tell the tell his children uh, all these Icelandic stories, and they sort of end up partly in the Hobbit, and then Lord of the Rings and Silmarillion, and that whole mythology. So Lord of the Rings is steeped in paganism. Yes. <laughs> and you don't mind having that as a constant reference point. No, no, no. no. Oh, I suppose we're, we're some people put on to the religion. We, we, we are very proud of this heritage and want to share it. <laughs> Is there anything I've missed about I don't think paganism? So. Anything that people should know if they're tuning in? And no, I don't think so. It's and th are there are there sort of English versions or Welsh or British versions or? Is it, do we have a church over there? I've never, I've literally, I've never met. There anyone. are some societies in England, yes. Yeah. Uh, but but uh, is it a bigger deal here? Do you think because you uh, have it's, mu it's much bigger here. Right. Yeah. And percentage-wise, I mean, it's, it's as I say. I mean, we've been the largest non-Christian denomination in Iceland for over ten years, which is, is pretty big. Mm. So. And and so we are basically part of of, of the. You know, the, the national order, so to speak, and yeah. uh, people like us and they like what we do, and 
So we're not seen as, as, as eccentrics or outsiders. No. Uh, You're the alternative. Yeah, we're just a nice alternative. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, do you think it's just people's changing attitudes, the reason that your society's grown so much? You haven't been doing any no, I kind think of... Ad you say you don't advertise? No, no, no but it, it's basically uh, uh, because people are getting in increasingly exposed to our ceremonies because uh, uh, maybe 80-90% of people who attend some of our name-giving ceremonies or weddings are not members of the society and they, they, they come and see the ceremonies and they make sen sense to them and they, they think they're beautiful so I think that's probably uh, the best thing we, we have done I mean op just be open about what we do and it sort of promotes understanding. <laughs> Perfect, thank you so much for talking to me. Okay. Thanks to Hilmar for braving the weather. It was the coldest, wettest and windiest day I have ever seen in my life. You can find our show notes and previous episodes at talktheline.blog and next week I'm talking to Rod Thomas, aka Bright Light, Bright Light, about cult movies with strong female leads. A big thanks to Ice and Airwaves Festival for having us. You've been listening to Talk The Line. I'm Jen Long, produced by Paul Bridgewater with original music by Seams. This is a podcast from the line of best fit. Please be generous and subscribe, follow us on social medias, or leave us a really nice review. That would be a lovely Christmas present. See you next week. <laughs>